morning, everyone. How are we doing? Doing all right? To see everyone smile for me. The smile. It's like facial exercises. It gets rid of wrinkles, I promise you. It's guaranteed. I'm a pharmacist, so I should know. Um, but it's really great to be with you guys this morning. My name is Lukundo. If we haven't met before, you can call me Lou. Or Lucky, or Luxy. People call me several things. That's okay. I will respond to "Hey, you." Um, so, so it's fine. Um, but I am one of the pastors here in Central, um, alongside Dami, Richard, and Judith. Kofo Nyetunde. Kofo this morning is in Swinton. That's why he's not here. We're missing him, but I'm sure he's blessing the guys over there in Swinton. Judith is running off to Longsight at some point this morning, and Richard is in Leeds this morning. I know, blessing one of the pioneer churches um, across there in Leeds. Um, who were here yesterday, actually? Pioneer is a network across the UK of uh, different churches, and we are part of that network. And it's just, you know, God says that how wonderful it is when brothers dwell together in unity, isn't it? And that's what we want to do. We are King's Church, part of the church of God. And so we want to be intentional about seeing God's kingdom come in partnership with our brothers and sisters all across the country and all across the world. Does that sound good? Yeah, nice. So, um, yeah, my name's Lakundo, like I said. Um, I am, you know, your average kind of person. I like watching TV, I like plants, and I like eating food a lot. I'm almost always thinking about the next meal. <laughs> so, like, I have my breakfast, I'm like, what are we gonna have for lunch? What are we gonna have for dinner? But anyway, just so you know, that's me. I also have um, a bit of a tendency to, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm just the only one, but I tend to imagine I'm something I'm not sometimes. So, you know, I have this idea of myself and I'm not always quite there. And has anyone been watching The Athletics? Anyone? No? Yes? No? Cool. Dami's like watching it 24-7. Anyway, I'm watching Athletics and I'm like, there's something about watching people do stuff where you kind of feel like... I don't know, like, like you're doing it too. Like suddenly after watching all these people run, I begin to feel fit. And I'm like, I've done nothing, nothing at all. But I'm just like, you know, just like there's some sort of impartation going on. And I was watching Shelly Ann Fraser Price just smash it. And she's amazing. She's like killing it left, right, center. And then I found out we are the same height. Yes. So I'm like, yes, I can, you know, we're the same height. We're like on par. I could do this. This is me. And then I'm like, no, actually, it takes a lot of hard work. I probably had to start running when I was like eight. But she's absolutely incredible. And she had a child like last year and still came back and won gold. So, you know, I was inspired. I can do anything. Maybe, yeah, but anyway, I can do anything. This is good. Another thing I, I kind of like to think of myself is being really hospitable. So I, in my mind, I'm one of these people who open door policy, you know, come around whenever you want to, leave your shoes on, it's fine, I'll clean up the mess afterwards, it's okay if my house is messy, I'll give you tea, food, like it's great, like I'm super chilled. In reality, it's, I'm not quite there yet, so like at the minute we've, we've had some work done on our house and the thought of having people over is just like petrifying because things are not in the right place and it's like I'll be stressed out and I want everyone to take off their shoes and what if they get offended and oh my goodness, like what if I haven't got any food at the time? So in my mind I'm like, you know, oh community, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm a child of God and people are welcome in my house, but in reality I'm not quite there yet, but it's okay because... 
you know, it's a journey. And I was really challenged this week. Um, I was at someone's house down in the Midlands and with a bunch of people, we had a meeting and this woman decided to, to open up a house and host us for this meeting. Now, I, what really struck me was, you know, sometimes when you go to someone's house and you don't feel like an inconvenience, you just kind of you forget you're in someone else's house because you're so comfortable. Like, she kind of disappeared for half of the time. And I was like, whose house am I in? But I didn't feel like I was intruding. I didn't feel like I was inconveniencing her at all. And the only way I can describe it is as though she was so hospitable and so generous with her life that she made space for us within herself. I know that sounds really weird, but that's what it felt like. It just felt like she just created space. It wasn't like come and experience and be an add-on. It was like come and be part of. So we felt, I just felt like I forgot I was in someone else's house. I felt like, oh my gosh, wow, this is amazing. This is what I want to be like. I want to create space in my life and in my home for people to come and do life with me. And she was actually having work done in her house. So her house wasn't perfect. There was like a, a, a wallpaper guy in one room and there was like carpet missing from the stairs. And I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, how has she managed to make space where I feel like I belong? I met, like I met her properly for the first time that day. But, and then later on, I found out that she's not naturally inclined that way. And she said she had to intentionally pray to God to make her hospitable, to help her be generous, to help her make space in her life for other people. And I was like, wow, there's hope. So I may not be there yet, but I want to be that kind of person that's intentionally creating space for people to come into my life. You know, Jesus was always, you know, with his arms wide open. Let the children come to me. He didn't turn anyone away. He created space. When he had the disciples with him, when he called them, he said, come that you may be with me and that I may send you out. And so they were in his space, like almost all the time. Jesus was smart because he like went away into a desolate place. I'm sure that was to pray, but also maybe he just needed some space. I don't know. But Jesus had people in his space all close up front touching him. And it wasn't an add-on. It was just the way he lived. We're created in the image of a God who exists in community. And God created us in such a way that living in community is not supposed to be an add-on to our lives. It's supposed to be our lives. When we think of things as an add-on, it becomes a I've done that so I can check it off my list. But actually, when it becomes part of who I am, then it manifests itself every single day of my life without me having to, I guess, try to put it on. And that's the difference when we talk about creating space in our lives. And obviously, that takes time, that takes effort, that takes planning, and it takes a big change in the pace of our lives. If I'm going to create space in my life for people to come in, I need to slow down. I need to slow down and do things differently because travel alone, travel fast. Travel together, travel far. As soon as other people come on board, things will slow down. But actually, that's a good thing because we were never meant to do this thing alone. We were never meant to, to, to keep charging forward and ticking things off. But actually, at the end of the day, 
not have this richness and fullness in our lives that comes from living in community. Isolation kills. And we don't want to be those who have anyone lonely in this place because God sets the lonely in families. We were created for community. So let's read Romans chapter 12. And see what Paul has to say to us about how we live our lives together in community. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our, ser in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let's just pause there for a second. So, um, I mean, firstly, Paul is telling us that we are not to live like the world lives. So we are supposed to be changed in the way we think about things. And we do live in a really, really individualistic society. And Paul is saying, I don't want you to live that way because you have been called to live this way. You've been called to live in community. So change the way you think. Change completely how you process this. Change completely the way you structure your life because it's a lifestyle change and not an add-on. It's very, very different. And so... He then goes on to say, we are members of one another. We all belong to one another. Just look at the person next to you and say, it's not too intimate, I belong to you. <laughs> Precious. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> well done, well done. Awkwardness, just roll with it. Um, but it's true. Now, when you begin to see it that way, it's very, very different because our significance only comes from what we are part of. So in the message paraphrase, this is what it says in verses four to six. In this way, we are like various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. My arm gets its meaning from being part of my body. My body doesn't get its meaning because it has an arm. 
The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with with each other or trying to be something that we aren't. Wonderful. We are significant because of what we are part of. Isn't that fantastic? We have been those who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And our significance now comes because we are part of Christ's body. And that is who we are. You may have heard me say this before, but I played basketball when I was in university. And I was a point guard. Now, if you've ever played sports in any kind of team, team sports, you will know that a point guard running around by themselves is not going to win any games. Because you need the rest of the team. I can run around going, oh, I'm a striker, I'm a point guard, or I'm a this, but all on my own, it means nothing because I'm part of a team. And so my significance, therefore, comes because of what I am part of. You know, it's the measure to which we are in community is the measure to which we're going to grow in God. You cannot grow in patience without people to test you. You cannot live on an island. Well, maybe you can on an island. You're being patient for someone to rescue you, but then there's still people involved. But you cannot grow in patience if there's no one to test you. We cannot grow in love if there's no one to love. The same way we cannot grow in the gifts of the Spirit because the gifts of the Spirit are given for others, not for ourselves. And this is exactly how God has designed it. Everything about Him is factioned around community. The gifts I have, I can't boast about the gift of prophecy when there's no one to prophesy to. There's no one to encourage. There's no one to build up. I can't grow in my prophetic gift if there's no one around me to correct me when I get it wrong. Or when I deliver something in a way that's not very good, if there's no one in community to say, hey, good job. Actually, next time, if you put it like this, the person might not walk away crying. You know, We need one another to grow. So the measure to which we're in community is the measure to which we're going to grow in God. We're not going to grow in God all on our own. That's just how God designed it. And so our significance comes from what we are part of. And if we continue in um, Romans, oh, my page is gone. Where are we? From verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is about the only place competition is loud. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. 
Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul shows us how to live together as community. And he calls us to be hospitable. He urges us to outdo one another in showing honor, to be welcoming, to create space in our lives. You know, hospitality is not just something we do. It's more of a disposition. It's, it's how I posture myself and how I am. And I want to pray, just like that lady, that I can be like this, like all the time. That whenever anyone comes into my presence, I don't want them to feel like they're inconveniencing me. Even if I am in a rush, it only takes two seconds to say, hey, I'm just in a rush somewhere. It's nice to see you, but I really have to go. And that in itself is a disposition, so they don't feel like I've inconvenienced them. Just like Judith read earlier, we cannot say we love God whom we haven't seen if we don't love those who we can see. God's called us to love one another and to obey his commandments so we can abide in him. And his commandment is to love one another. I came across something really interesting in Deuteronomy chapter 22, which I'd never really spotted before, but it's just a really small passage, Deuteronomy 22. And this is, this is like the law giving and God is telling them how to live as, as his called out righteous people so that the world would know that there was a God in Israel and he was the true God. And he says this, you shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep going astray and ignore them. You shall take them back to your brother. And if he does not live near you and you do not know who he is, you shall bring it home to your house and it shall stay with you until your brother seeks it. Then you shall restore it to him. And you shall do the same with his donkey or with his garment or with any lost thing that is your brother's, which he loses and you find it. You may not ignore it. Now, this is old covenant. God telling his people that I'm not allowing you to be ignorant of what's going on with your brother. Ignorance is not an excuse. I didn't know what was going on in their life. I didn't know they were struggling with this. God's like, no, no, no. That's not the way I've called you to live. I don't know if you've ever watched programs about tribes and how tribes live. And something about, and then these guys were a tribe, the tribe of Israel. They had 12 tribes. They lived as a tribe to the point where no one did something just for their own sake. It was always for the sake of the tribe. So now obviously there are bad things about that because then it can become legalistic. But living as a tribe, you were not allowed to be individualistic because whatever I do is to better my people. These are my people, my people are me, and I am my people. So I live as though they are my body. And no greater love has anyone than this than one who would lay down his life for his friends. We love them as though they are us, because my people are me, and I am my people. And this is how they lived. And so ignorance was not an excuse. God was like, no, no, no. I need you to know. I need you to get involved, and I need you to live as though you are one unit, and this is how I've called you to operate. This whole thing of identity and mission, because then we fast forward to John, and Jesus prays, I pray that they may be one as I am in you, and they are in me, so that the world may know that you sent me to the earth. 
us functioning as one unit in God. You know, we talk about we are brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? We are in him, all of us together, in him. It's amazing. We are in him, and that in itself is witness to the world that Jesus is alive and that Jesus saves. And so our living together and our functioning in as a unit becomes It's great for us because we get encouraged, we get built, we get sharpened, but it's also great for others around us. The number of times I felt too tired after work to show up for something, and I'm like, I just, no one will miss me this time, I won't go. And then I'll go, and obviously I've been really built up, but there was someone else actually who was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you came. So whereas I can be thinking just about my needs and how tired I am, but when I think about the unit, I realize how much of a blessing I can be to somebody else. I remember being in Withenshaw once, and I think I had a bit of a sore, sore throat, and I was struggling to sing in worship, and Andy Bell was stood behind me, and he was belting out the lyrics of this song, and his belting out the song did something in me. Suddenly, I started to belt out, and I was like, whoa, what happened? Him singing praises to God provoked me to sing praises to God. And I was suddenly like, oh, you know, like when you go for a football match, and one person starts singing, and then everyone starts singing. There is something about us coming together that strengthens the body, that even when I'm not in the mood for something, when I go and see someone, I pick up. Suddenly I realize, oh, it's not really all about me. Like, somehow I thought it was all about me. But it's not really all about me. And I'm encouraged. And the reason is because we were always designed to function that way. We say we are all about making Jesus famous by being loved lovers, loving others. And part of that loving others is living life together as the community of God's people so that we can make him famous, so that we can live the life he's always called for us to live, so that we can be full and knowing our identity as sons and daughters, part of a big family, and so that the world may know that God sent Jesus into the world. Jean Vanier, a French theologian who lived in a in a community in France where they took in disabled people and all kinds of people, and and, and it was a beautiful space, communal living. He's written lots about community. I'd urge you to read some of his stuff. He's no longer alive, but he says this, community is a sign that love is possible in a materialistic world where people so often either ignore or fight each other. It is a sign that we don't need a lot of money to be happy. In fact, the opposite. How beautiful this picture. In a world where there's so much isolation, there is so much loneliness, we can be those who show that there is a better way. We can be those who live it out that there is a better way. We can choose not to be ignorant of one another. We can choose not to just hang out with people who look like us or sound like us because he's coming back for a bride of people of all nations and all tribes and all tongues we can show that there is a better way. And so this week we launch our Connect groups. Yes, we do. Connect is just one of the ways that we do this. It's just one of the ways that we want to try and live out this in practice, that we want to create space in our lives to live together as God's people. And we would talk about Connect as making our membership count. And so it's like, you know, You can go to the gym or you can watch athletics on TV, but if you don't actually do anything, you're not going to get any fitter. 
It doesn't just, there's not a transfer. Anyway, I'll keep praying. Um, but this is one of the ways we talk about making our membership count. And so this week, we want to launch our connect groups. And we want to encourage every single person in this room to not just talk about it, but to be about it. Because it really isn't about us, it's about the tribe, about this tribe, about God's big tribe um, all over the world. And we want to take a moment just to pray for our Connect leaders. So you guys, do you want to come out? Come on, Connect leaders. Let's give these guys a big cheer. I was like calling your names out. You can all like that. Come on. Come on, you guys. Still there. Yanni, Nicole, Fermit, Rotmi. Come on. Keep clapping. They need all the encouragement in the world. Femi, here, here. Okay. So Obi and Yvonne, Isaac and Tina. Isaac and Tina, come on, read it. <laughs> come on. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So Obi and Yvonne are not here today, but we'll pray for them anyway. These guys are stepping out and making space in their lives so that we can do community together. And so we want to receive them as connect leaders amongst us. We want to receive them as people who are laying down their lives for the sake of the tribe and making it possible for us just to grow into everything that God has for us. So why don't we come out? Let's stand together. And if as many people as possible can just come and lay hands on them, let's just bless these guys and what they're doing. Do you guys want to huddle a bit, get a bit closer so you like, people can like, yeah, there we go. Let's lay some hands on these guys and pray for them. So, Father, we just pray for a fresh impartation upon these guys of your spirit, of your wisdom, of your love. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they would know so much that they are loved by you. That, God, in this new season, Lord Jesus, that they won't strive, they won't do it in their own strength, Lord Jesus, but by your spirit that you would, you would impart something in them that creates space for others. I pray you give them the capacity to love like never before. We pray, Lord Jesus, you give them the grace to, to be points of connection that bring us together, real anchors in our community. And we just bless them. We thank them for their time, for their effort, for their labor of love. We thank them for the hours of preparation, Lord Jesus, for tidying their homes. We thank them, Lord Jesus, and we bless them. 
And we just honor them, Lord Jesus, as your sons and daughters. And we just pray the blessing of God upon them in this new season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Okay. Awesome. So I'm just going to ask these guys to, um, if you guys could go to that corner of the room, the most colorful corner of the room. And we've, we've basically um, got some laptops up, and we just want to encourage you guys, first of all, just come and talk to them, because they're really great. Like, I know all of them, and they're, like, really fun people. So they don't buy it, I promise. But over in that corner, the guys will be there just to talk with them, find out what they're doing. Each connect group this term is going through a different series. So some of them are going through Talking Jesus, which is learning more about evangelism, how we can talk to our um, friends about Jesus every day. Others are questioning, what on earth am I here for? Rick Warren's purpose-driven life. And so we really want to encourage you to grab some tea and coffee and a cookie and a cake and then go to that side of the room and go talk to them and get signed up. It's really important that even if you have been part of a connect group before, that you sign up so they can actually see who's coming and be expectant for who's coming. So yeah, are we okay to do that? We're gonna have a great time connecting with one another. And if you genuinely can't, do come talk to us because I know there will be people who have shifts and commitments and getting to connect is a struggle, but that doesn't mean that you are not counted. Come speak to us and let's talk so we can get to know you. We know who you are because we want everyone to be seen, to know that they're loved and know that they belong. Amen? Amen. Cool.